Oh wait, no longer. Greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players, where each and every Thursday, me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest and greatest in all things PlayStation. And today is a special episode because it's technically sort of kind of not really episode 100 of the Trophy Room. And just like in, you know, just organic Trophy Room fashion, um, I kind of messed up this week's episode. So along with me for half of the show is our great friend, Mr. MLL, uh, MLS Reserves himself, Mr. Luke Lloyd. How are you, sir? I'm good, and I prefer the digital name Ghost. Oh, oh I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> right. Introducing the ins- the insipid ghost, Mr. Luke oh, Lloyd from the Xbox Drive. What's up, man? What's Not on? much, buddy. Good to see you. Thank you for letting me check in here and, and help out. I appreciate it. It's uh. It's always fun to get on with you. We play games every week, but yeah. it's, it's nice to podcast and pontificate with you. Oh, uh, yeah, no, it's so this episode, I recorded it last night and um, Kyle tried to be a trooper and he was just like, Joe, I'm going to, you know, I'm sick. The kids got me sick because he's he's doing the uh, the summer camp that he always does. And he got pink eye. He, he was feeling flu-like symptoms, and he's just like, Joe, I'll tell you by 7 o'clock, because we usually record around 8 or 9. I'm like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm mm-hmm. going to try to soldier it out. And when he got on the video, I got literally concerned, because he looked like he was in a bar fight, and I don't know mm-hmm. who won. And Ooh, so, like, yeah, so we were trying to do this thing where... Um, you know, he was coughing up a lung and I was just like, just hit, just hit the mute button on your, you know, your, your focus, right. When you're about to cough. And what ended up happening was the mic was sending me weird signals. So when he was going to talk, it sounded insanely low and then like insanely pitchy. And so it was just a very awkward first half of the episode. And I have to give a huge shout out to Kyle for trying to make it work. But what we're going to do this episode is, Luke, you're here for the first half for the news. And then for the latter half, when we get to the trophy room highlights, the memories and the questions. Well, don't worry. We're going to bring the second half of last night's episode here. So it's going to be great. I hope you all are in for a ride of your life. With that, we're going to be talking about Wall Street's journal article about the PlayStation 5. Is PlayStation 5 maybe possibly looking to buy out some studios? Alan Wake gets its old, oh sorry, gets its studio back and so much more. Before, before we talk about all that stuff, Luke, I got a question for you. Yes, what sir. What have you been playing, sir? What have we been playing more like it? You and I have been enjoying... Uh two games quite a bit of late gears of war we, yeah. we got back into and hyped the new one but uh apex season two i think is our main one yeah yeah man and our first match together you me and hometown hero we clutched mm-hmm. it i wouldn't like to say that i did it all but i mean the numbers don't lie you know the numbers don't lie and i will call a spade a spade and i, I often joke with you. you you definitely carry the team yeah. and there's no doubt about it but i like to think that we play a good support character yeah, you know what? We do. We do. I kid. Dude, how are you liking Apex Season 2? Like, and the Battle Pass? Because I know Season 1 was just, like, a little, uh, like, underwhelming. Is mm-hmm. really pretty understatement. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, early impressions, of course, we're recording, what, two, two, three days after it uh, it launched. Early impressions are positive. It looks to me like they are, are looking uh, to rectify some of that underwhelming uh, content from season one. They even went back and retroactively added stuff for season one players uh, kind of towards the end of that, which I thought was nice. But season two, man, the map looks great. The mm-hmm. battle pass looks to be much improved. 
Uh, rates looked improved, and I have no problem giving this game that I've put 100-plus hours into. I have no problem throwing a few extra dollars their way because uh, it's, it's clearly a good case of an EA game supporting its content and its player base. And done right. You know, absolutely. Like it it doesn't. It never feels like they're nickel and diming you. Um, and yeah, the content for the most part, like this battle pass, it's not the best battle pass I've ever seen. You know, mm-hmm. especially coming from like the things we see from Fortnite. But mm-hmm. it's good. You, you see, like they're laying down the foundation. They get it. Um, could it be better? Absolutely. But it's a great step in the right direction, for, at least for sure. me. And and again, this game's free. So I don't feel bad like you like you throwing 10 bucks at it and getting that progression. Some of the weapon skins are really awesome. Some of Mm -hmm. them not so great, but that just is like the ebb and flow of just anything. So, yeah, absolutely. Apex season two. Great. You played a little bit of Gears. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. This is a trophy room, but you're helping me out. Mm -hmm. How are you liking it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, what a great game! It is. It's just, oh, a, it's God, just a great, yeah. it's just a great game. We, you and I both, we joke a lot, but we love great games. And yeah. getting to jump on and play that together. Also playing an indie indie game called Super Blood Hockey, mm-hmm. uh, in which you can rupture opponents' spleens and wreck people in that, and so that's kind of fun. Dude, you know, I hear like, nothing but good things about that game. Nothing. Oh, it's it's ridiculous and silly and an absolute blast. I I love it, and it's. It's got that retro feel, you know, that old school art style. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. I also played a little bit of Crash Team Racing, but we'll talk about that game a whole lot later in the show. So with that, Luke, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. We have these things called goobers. You hate them, but I love them. Mm -hmm. What's Mm -hmm. the first goober of the show, sir? Our first goober comes from the Wall Street Journal's uh, Takashi Mashizuki. Uh, and it says Sony positions the next gen- or the next PlayStation for hardcore gamers, and this has to do largely with its marketing. Uh, the story reads: Sony is concentrating its attention on large software publishers as it gets ready for the next PlayStation. According to executives at Sony soft- and software makers in general, publishers want their games on multiple platforms to maximize sales, while console makers look to make deals for exclusive content for an initial period of exclusive sales. Uh, Sony sees Microsoft as its main competitor in the next generation, which I thought personally was was quite notable. Yeah. Uh, well, with Google as a potential threat to the mid and long term uh, as technology advances. And one company official said that Nintendo uh, is not perceived as a major rival, which I also joke that that all of that took big note for me. Um, PlayStation has been one of the most successful mass market products of the past quarter century, with PlayStation 4 alone expected to pass 100 million units this year. Sony's latest thinking puts puts less stress on overall sales numbers and more on the most profitable segment of the market, the devoted fans who buy big-budget titles such as the Bethesda Softworks Fallout series uh, and Take-Two Software's uh, Red Dead Redemption. You want me to read this whole thing? Because this is good. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, second uh, Sony... Right, I'll, I'll, stop, I'll stop you right there. That's actually okay. a perfect way to kind of end the quote here. So, first things first, PlayStation, Microsoft, main competitors... I think that's a no-brainer. What mm-hmm. do you feel about Sony's thoughts on on Google Stadia as the mainline, like like midterm, like competitor? Does it kind of show that they they are also iffy about how long Stadia is gonna last per se? I could use better words, but are they kind of looking at them like uh, you gonna be here in five years? Like, what do you think? I think it's. 
Sony's approach seems extremely logical. Microsoft and the and the Xbox specifically is going to be our primary competitor out the gate. PlayStation yeah. Five launches, Scarlet launches. We're competing with sales. That that's a headline every month for the yeah. first few months. Uh, and Stadia doesn't specifically launch a product it launches a service and so that headline is different and if that service catches on in the midway through this generation range it's likely that they would see uh stadia eating into sales of ps5 or or xbox or any other major competitor Um, but i think it's very appropriate that sony's wording things this way but it surprises me for them to be so blunt about it perhaps Uh, right it's weird it's weird that they're going okay look here's our battle plan for the most part like surface level you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's it's remarkable because Microsoft hasn't said that Microsoft. Its approach seems to be Stadia is the primary competitor. Nintendo, not at all. Sony is a factor amongst it. But it's almost like they're positioning to fight two or play two different games. Yeah. They're like they're instead of trying to you know fight a war on two fronts, they're not conceding, but they're drawing drawing the line in the sand with PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, that's your ballpark. This is ours, right? This is our mm-hmm. faction. Now, when it comes to the streaming, we're going to compete for that theoretical 200 million, you know, cloud gamer thing with mm-hmm. Google. You know, it's pretty mm-hmm. much saying, yeah, Sony, again, I can use better words. You won the physical landscape. We have our audience. You have yours. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I think we can expand outward and, you know, in a different direction rather than trying to fight this forever you know 100 year war just stalemate with playstation all the time we can actually expand out into something different it's it's weird because um i know that one of the members at uh the inner circle podcast they do a play uh, xbox show and they're just like you know this is coming from a person that loves xbox it's just like there's something weird about microsoft just singing kumbaya and it is something i i don't want them to typically do and i'm just paraphrasing here i like the boldness from playstation of like here's what we're doing here's our battle mm-hmm. plan do you do you appreciate what microsoft's doing more in terms of like I, mean, I know you're the xbox guy but like do you appreciate the kumbaya spirit or do you want them to be you know that that competitor fight the war on two fronts like what do you feel is beneficial to the brand for you as a consumer Oh, goodness. I'm of two minds because we've seen Xbox do the opposite. You know, world's most powerful console, games, games, games. We're, you know, we're not that TV dot metrics in the past. Like, we've seen them do that, uh, but they don't have the IP to do anything but kumbaya at this point because much of what they offer, much of what Xbox uh, offers is either multiplayer centric Mm -hmm. exclusives uh, or service based. And those multiplayer games serve those services, having the online features. Yep. And so it it makes sense, but it is surprising nonetheless because I think if they had more single-player narrative-driven experiences, we would see them uh, kind of going down that gauntlet to fight PlayStation or Nintendo one-on-one, but they don't have the IP to do that. So it makes sense, and it doesn't necessarily make me nervous, but it's it's hard to, it's hard to, to put my stake in the ground and say, I love or I hate this because... Like anybody, I think there's stuff that I like and stuff that I don't yeah. like. I do. Yeah. I need some more. I need some more PlayStation style narratives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what do you feel about right now? I, and I'll read the last paragraph after this because I find it really interesting. Um, but how do you like Sony's approach of, hey, listen, instead of like going to E3, let's just talk to some journalists 
Like, let's talk to Wired. Let's talk about, you know, let's talk to the Wall Street Journal. Like, how do you like that approach? Because you were in the room with the Xbox event, right? At mm-hmm. E3. Now we're, mm-hmm. what, like two, three weeks removed. Do you feel like that big event played off, like, better than this smaller journalistic approach Sony's taking? Uh do you mean do you mean in the Microsoft sense, like their move to go where Sony didn't? Yes. Yeah. Do you feel like okay. that was a better way to pre-launch something? I guess. I think they. I think both Sony and Microsoft did exactly what they had to do, mm-hmm. uh, or or could afford to do in this generation. If Microsoft had taken this E3 off the way that Sony had, uh, we would have been singing the death throes of Xbox. It would have been done. Oh, really? Okay. You know, they needed to be there because mm-hmm. otherwise we would have said, oh, they've lost two to one to PlayStation in terms of unit sales. And it looks like Microsoft's not even willing to fight. Whereas Sony can afford to sit out this one because all they would have done without the without games that are coming out soon, pre-PlayStation 5, big, big, big titles um, that, that are different than The Last of Us, we, we would have been hearing all about PlayStation 5. Whereas Microsoft, they they had stuff that they need to show in this generation as they kind of uh, take us take us into Scarlet. So it makes perfect sense. And as far as being in, being in the room, um, it was great. I don't know that Sony would have had the same air because it would have all been because it was breathtaking. It was breathtaking. Indeed, it was. <laughs> and then to just continue on with this article, just the last paragraph here, Hideki Yoshida, a analyst at Ace Research Institute, says he believes Sony's stress on large-budget games could lessen the variety and lead some customers to switch from rivals such as Nintendo. In contrast, the second Sony official said he expected smaller games would still be released on PlayStation, even without extensive Sony support, because the popularity of the PlayStation brand may the platform hard for smaller game developers to ignore so you know the the second and last paragraph say sony is not focusing no longer on indie games to support the box they're going out there they're trying to find big publishers to make exclusive content for the sony brand and we have a question here from steve fontana on twitter he asks sony's next gen stance on indie games seems tone deaf to say the least do you think they are uh they meant that indies just weren't going to be the main focus during the release of the playstation 5 or do you think sony is really going back to the uh, back away from indies in general Oh, I'll take this one first right off the bat. I think great question from Steve. Um, In PlayStation 4's launch, they launched with the most powerful console, but they didn't necessarily have the the release slate that they wanted to have. And so they had to lean on those indies and they had to change the narrative from PS3 um, where where they were not necessarily developer friendly. Yeah, this indeed that that PlayStation 4 approach kind of opened their arms and said, no, we want all of you here. And PlayStation 4 was easy to code for, PlayStation 3 was not. Yeah. Going into PlayStation 5, uh, it looks like Sony, because they've been quiet on a couple of their their major heavy fronts, it looks like what they're going to do is talk PlayStation 5 uh, specs, and then they're going to you know talk Horizon Zero Dawn 2. They're going to talk about what the next Spider-Man game could look like, or whatever their specific high-profile God of War 2s are they've got that slate so they don't need to lean on those indies as much that's my impression of it that was my impression of it too i don't think it's them saying hey guy like i don't i i feel like anytime sony makes a statement that is just like a dry statement like this where it's like no Mm -hmm. bullshit statement i guess no Mm -hmm. pr fluff um 
people view it as arrogant Sony. And sometimes it does come off arrogant, especially when they talk about things like crossplay back a year mm-hmm. ago. But when I look at something like this, it's literally them saying, listen, the next the next line of hardware, we need to show the power of this thing. We need to show the no load time part of this, this box. And yeah, mm-hmm. when it comes to content as king, what are we as PlayStation going to do? We have this huge slew of first party titles that people love, like God of War and Spider-Man. We want to show them what this thing can do with those titles, right? Like Sony mm-hmm. back in 2013 is not Sony it was in 2019. You said it like perfectly where, you know, when 2013, we were talking about how mobile was the future of gaming, mm-hmm. you know, and these, these, a lot of developers and publishers were making games for mobile, mm-hmm. like Square Enix and uh, Capcom, I believe, right? And it wasn't until really a year into it, two years into the, the, the life cycle of these consoles that we actually saw more games come and hit these consoles because of how well they were selling. So for me, yeah, I understand PlayStation 4, the indies were a huge push in the beginning, but that's because of how the market was set up back then. Now with the PlayStation 4 and the narrative being they make these awesome narrative experiences, well, for me... I want to see more of that, right? Like, I buy a console for God of War Spider-Man. I'm not mm-hmm. buying it for Guacamelee and my friends Pedro, right? Like, sure. those things are a, a a bonus, but they're not the end-all, be-all, you know, for me at least. So, with that, I think walking into the PlayStation 5, it's not them saying, we don't need indies. They're just like, no, they're going to be there. Because I think mm-hmm. now the place for indies kind of migrated away from the PlayStation and it has just solely hit the Nintendo Switch so hard that the Switch, to me, is my indie game. Like, it's my indie system, right? Mm-hmm. That's where I want to play my indies. It just feels yeah. right because that's what I grew up with, those style of games on a Nintendo system. So, yeah. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. With that, we got our next goober, and this comes from Rebecca Valentine over at GameIndustry.biz. Jim Ryan says Sony is looking at studio acquisitions. Would you like to read this for me, sir? I will. Uh, Gematsu has translated an interview with Nihon Kazai Shimbun, uh, in which Ryan says Sony is looking at mergers and acquisitions, particularly in light of more competition from companies like Google with Google Stadia. Content is becoming more important than ever before, he said. Companies new to the games industry looking at the market with hope is something that we definitely welcome. Sony Interactive Entertainment has 25 years of experience in the games industry and has big assets. Uh, And then that follows up with Robbie Bobby Miller asking us, uh, yes, hi, uh, first-time caller here, a long-time listener. Uh, Are are you as tired of the BS rumors and leaks about the the PS-5 as I am? The clickbait 2019 is disgusting and misleading, uh, and I want to find out more. Well, you know, I'm going to have to click on the Trophy Room po- a PlayStation podcast. <laughs> I put this here because not that Rebecca Valentine is putting any type of clickbait nonsense. She's a fantastic reporter, one of the best. Um, but, w- like, our last two stories, all about the PlayStation 5, right? The what-ifs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, last week we talked about PlayStation 5 what-ifs. The, the week before that, um, I asked Kyle this. I'm going to ask you. Are you tired of all the PlayStation 5 Xbox Scarlet rumors and speculation? I'm tired of it when it, when there lacks new information. Yes. I don't need rewritten articles. If there's no new information for you to tell me, uh, I don't need to hear it. Articles like, oh, PlayStation 5 is more powerful than PS4 Pro. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> you know? Which, yeah. What, no way. 
mm-hmm. you know, and s- stuff like that is taxing and I don't need it. I do not enjoy clickbaity things. Yeah. I do recognize that there is a reason I click on certain things, though. And so there's a balance between the two. And I think the content of the article is important. Yeah, I think, honest to God, the only thing that is turning me away, from, you know, I read everything here. Uh, from like the Wall Street Journal and what Jim Ryan says excites me about the PlayStation 5. But who? the things that he, but what gets me not excited for the PlayStation 5, we're idiots. <laughs> we're idiots, Luke. Um, but what doesn't excite me for the PlayStation 5 is when I see all these, like once this, this article hit, we had all these YouTubers, podcasters, just start saying the most ridiculous thing about the PlayStation brand and how it was going to bury the xbox brand because of how powerful it is and because you know they're focusing on the hardcore gamer and they took Mm -hmm. that headline and just kind of ran with it and spun it alex jones style into this like well look at how like what's xbox doing they're running away like it's it's ridiculous fanfare for the sake Mm -hmm. of trying to pander to an extreme Mm-hmm. You know, whereas like I did a video on and how I title all my videos on YouTube for the most part are all questions. It's like, here's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Here's my question that I'm going to try to answer at the end of this video. It was just more like I'm going to pander. I'm going to bash something so that I get people on my corner that like that thing. And for the people that don't like that thing, well, guess what? They're going to share it. They're going to tweet it and call me an idiot, but I'm still going to get more people coming and clicking that link to see how outrageous I am. So it's, it's kind of like people pandering for the clicks because it means more cash. And that's the thing I really don't like about these console generations or, or in between consoles that, that I don't like the new stories that kind of surround them. So like what you said earlier, if it is something like from the wall street journal from Rebecca Valentine, I'm interested. Right. But mm-hmm. if it's from like YOLO sniper 420, I don't give a shit what YOLO sniper 420 has to say, you know, sure. it's, it's not constructive. I mean, I even go on the other side of the aisle. I saw an Xbox show last week where they were trying to spin that, you know, PlayStation talked about ray tracing and ray tracing is, it, they, they said that it's not audio ray tracing, that true ray tracing is on the Xbox because of the rumors and leaks they're hearing. Um, so technically, Xbox has ray tracing first. And I'm like, what is this? This is nonsense. This is garbage. So it's really about, yeah, like I'm sick of the rumors and speculations, but the, just the total misleading pandering, you know? I hate, like, I hate the rumors that are like, you know, and we've seen it four times now where we have websites going, uh, Brazil, you know, GameStop leaks out Last of Us hitting September. It's like, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. There's no way. They just finished motion cap. You didn't. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's obviously them putting it in their system so that you can pre-order it. And then everybody's just like, well, you know what? And, and like, everybody says it at the end of their title. I'm just like, all right. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, there's a responsibility as content creators and also a responsibility as consumers and readers, if you for people that get frustrated with clickbait, are you clicking? Yeah. Um, and I'm all, I always enjoy the comment hero. The number one most upvoted comment is just the details of the article, so that you don't need to to scroll through six pages of ads. Mm-hmm. I, I I just salute whoever that is, and every yeah. Facebook post I don't want to read. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, comment hero. Thank you, comment hero. We need you. Not all heroes wear capes. Sometimes they're on message boards. But yeah, like. I, God, rumor and speculation, it's the worst. With that said, 
uh, you know, how we do it here on the trophy room is like, what are the top three things we talk about every week? And that's how I put it in the title. If I can make a good conversation out of something, we'll talk about it. But we're mm-hmm. never like, I'm going to put this here because I know it's going to get that click. You know what I mean? Sure. So with that, like even reading what Rebecca had to say about everything, we just had a long rant about clickbait. Mm-hmm. Do you even read that quote saying that? So, like, do you even have that feeling that Sony's going to buy anything? Because I read that quote and reading the Wall Street Journal thing, and it kind of read to me like, oh, no, we have big assets as in we have big IP. Like, we don't need to go out. And I, I, I read it as a total opposite. We don't need to go out and buy these huge studios. We already have them. I, I did not when I when I looked at Ryan's words, I, I was not thinking like, oh, this is them, you know, going to seek out and go buy go on a studio um, purchasing spree. I did not read it that way. Yeah. And it could be just the fact that like Microsoft, not only did they have a gap in single player IP, but they are, are working on having Game Pass give you quarterly exclusive content so they needed those x amount of studios to in order to have the cycles to allow that um and so my brain is tuned that way for microsoft whereas with sony it's it's tuned to god of war and horizon and spider-man so i think it's a as much there's there's they're probably always looking at acquisitions um and it's probably as much as it's much playstation as it is you know big Big Dad Sony, yeah. uh, telling them what to you know what they have as far as a budget is concerned. But I didn't read that as like, oh, gotta no. go buy everything. Yeah. In fact, I read, I read with Remedy. Yeah, like I read, I I read the Wall Street Journal article. I read this, and I'm just like, no, this doesn't mean like EA is making them Titanfall three exclusively on PlayStation, right? Doesn't mean right. Activision's giving them the next crash platform game exclusive to PlayStation. I think what it means is you're going to the next crash game you see will have exclusive PlayStation content to sway you to buy PlayStation, mm-hmm. right? Like that's yep. why you see the the Avengers deal. Great, great example of hey, get exclusive content here on PlayStation, and that's mm-hmm. what's meant to sway you. And yeah, every so often you'll see the Final Fantasy VII type of timed exclusive deals, but those mm-hmm. are going to be few and far between. I think what you're going to see is the studios that don't want to get bought out, they don't have any interest, like an Insomniac or from Software or even a Platinum. You're going to see Sony make and approach those companies to make them more exclusive content because it's a mid risk. High reward. You still have to fund the studio, but mm. if it doesn't go well, like the Order Order eighteen eighty six, you could just be like, "Hey, we just don't want a sequel," and sure. you know you don't have to lay off the whole studio. And then you could go to somewhere like Bloodborne, and you just like we or, we, or sorry from software, you go, "We want Bloodborne too if it works out sure. really well." You know, that's what I read it as, and I was just like, "Sony ain't buying. Sony doesn't need to buy anyone other than Kojima." To me personally, you know, that's mm. it. So with that. Let's get to the next scuba, shall we? I'm ready for it. Yeah. Uh, this one comes from Matt Perslow at IGN. Alan Wake publishing rights acquired by developer Remedy. And oh boy, did we have to talk about this in the Xbox camp as well. Oh uh, Remedy Entertainment has acquired the publishing rights to Alan Wake, the supernatural horror originally developed exclusively for Microsoft's Xbox 360. As detailed in a report by Global Newswire, Remedy has just received a one-time payment of 2.5 million euros for royalties on previously released games. In relation to this, uh, the publishing rights of Alan Wake games are reverted to Remedy, says the announcement. Interestingly, earlier before this year, Remedy explained that it actually owns the rights to the Alan Wake IP, but that it's never quite as simple as that. With the development, 
Uh, it would appear that while Remedy owned the IP, the publishing rights lay solely with Microsoft and uh, so that it would not have been easy for the studio to simply make a sequel. And Joe, if I could add on just yes. one small thing. Please. Uh, Remedy self-published Alan Wake on PC. Yep, it was stupid. Microsoft that had the IP for console publishing rights. Mm. And this, the point that I want to make it that's in this article is that it was a one-time payment for previously released games royalties so it was just royalties that needed to be paid back and 2.5 million euros is not that much money right uh to to companies like microsoft and remedy that are that large not to say it's inconsequential but this isn't like some grandiose huge thing yeah however the the idea that it's an ip that microsoft let go that now could come to PlayStation or or Switch or anything else uh, brings us to the question that you've got there. Yeah, and with that, I mean, going multi-platform, it seems like to me a no-brainer because if they bought the console, you know, rights to publish, that means yeah, it's it's probably a remaster or remake heading its way to other platforms, not maybe not even not just PlayStation, but even Stadia. And who knows? You know what? Let's give the Switch some love. They need it every now and again. So oh, yeah. with that, do you feel you're the Xbox guy? And I feel like we're going to have the same thought here. We're just going to hear stories of how this is the worst thing for Microsoft, right? Because they, yes. they lost another exclusive. But to me, I'm going to save you here. The game, I think, only sold 4 million units worldwide if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. So it wasn't the biggest hit. It had a, not say it sucks or whatever, because it's sold sure. not terribly well. Um, it, it's a critical darling. It's a cult following. But for me, I just see this, this as an opportunity of them just saying, hey, we want to try to give this another go. Hopefully the cult following pays off and people, you know, the, 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 the what am I trying to say here? The, um, the word of mouth, there you go, is going to carry this game for more sales in the long run. What, do you, what, mm-hmm. is, what is your your thought piece on it? It's, it's a news story because Microsoft's single-player narratives flopped in, in this generation. Yeah. And I say flopped with, with a, a touch of cynicism uh, because I did enjoy a number of their exclusives, but they were not the heavy hitters that that PlayStation had. And so, when you lose a game like or an IP like Alan Wake, uh, that's exclusively a console thing for you, uh, it, it stings a little bit extra. But you are correct in saying that you know commercially, it didn't do as well as it did critically, and its mm-hmm. cult status meant that expectations were only rising uh, mm-hmm. for an Alan Wake two, and that's tough to live up to. Mm-hmm. And while it does sting. I don't think anybody was going out to buy an Xbox One or, or whatever the new Xbox would be if if Alan Wake Two was there. Yeah. Not not in a mass you know big sense. It's not going to sell units the way God of War or Halo or you know certain certain IPs do. Yeah. So it stings, but this is not the end of the world. And I think that Alan Wake fans, of which I am a part, uh, this is good news for us because this means that there is a chance or, or a stronger chance that that brand could come back if a remaster or remake does well. Yeah, I again, I like, I really do hate those stories of of like, is this a huge loss for Xbox? Um, it, I, I personally don't cover them on my channel or here on the Trover Room because it's just like, yeah, it's Alan Wake. It's it's not like this is the Master Chief Collection hitting PlayStation. You know what sure. I mean? This is this is a smaller title 
It's not their heavy hitter. And when you think of Microsoft and Xbox, you're thinking of Halo and Gears of War and Forza. You're thinking of those big multiplayer experiences. Whereas, you know, like we stated last week, I feel like Remedy would make sense more, their games, more on a PlayStation brand because they are weird. They are single mm-hmm. player focused. And when I think of the Sony brand, that's what I'm thinking. They don't do, they don't typically do multiplayer well, but they do mm-hmm. single player games amazingly. And if you're an Alan Wake fan, you're going to be excited because this is your game and it has a chance to live on. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And it can't be, you know, if, if Microsoft saw this as a, as an opportunity of like, Oh no, they would have kept the, they would have kept the game, right? They would have sure. kept the rights. They would have even maybe approached remedy in some form or fashion. Maybe they already did, but like you would have seen that not stay, <laughs> you sure. know, or would, or would have stayed rather. So yeah, no, I think you're right here. I think we're right. Luke. I think That's we're good, right. Man. Let's get I'm to sorry. the next. I've always thought I was right. We shall. <laughs> Let's talk about Sony changes PlayStation Plus July games, swapping Detroit for uh, PES 2019. This comes from Michael McWhorter from Polygon. Sony is switching up PlayStation's Plus this month's PlayStation Plus freebies, swapping Quantic Dreams Detroit Become Human and removing the previously announced game from Konami uh, Pro Evolution Soccer 2019. PlayStation mm-hmm. Plus subscribers will still get Horizon Chase Turbo, a retro-inspired arcade-style racer uh, from developer Aquarius uh, Game Studio. And thanks to Sony giving subscribers the digital deluxe edition of Detroit Becoming Human, they'll also get the PS4 version of Heavy Rain as part of this month's offering. This was the weirdest thing ever. It was a little odd. It was literally like, like one, like what, Tuesday? We hear it. Here's your PlayStation Plus games. And it feels like Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Pez is swapped. What yep. do you feel like was was the problem here? Was it like everybody saying, "Oh, this sucks"? Like I know, like the, you know, the word of mouth was like, "This is this is a, yet again another really slow month for PlayStation Plus," and I, I thought so too because you get a Pez game every year, you get mm-hmm. it usually. I think it's in October, right in, in the mm-hmm. autumn. Um, so I was just like, "Yeah, okay, I, whatever, I, I'll play Horizon Chases Turbo." Um, but yeah, like everybody was kind of saying, is this a weak month? Is this PlayStation reacting to it was a weak month? Or do you think there was something more behind the scenes going on that they changed these games out? I do not at all think that this is Sony reacting to fan outcry in any way, shape or form. I think that's uh, remarkably silly for a company to allow precedent to be set that way. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, we don't like it. I mean, everybody's going to not like or like something. You see that every week with your uh, with your sales and and deals with gold or flash sales, what have you. Mm -hmm. But as far as this is concerned, it very much strikes me as it was probably just a a licensing or marketing or region based thing. Maybe it was, it was cleared for certain regions, not others. These companies are indeed so large at certain times. Uh, One entity or portion of it may not know what the other is doing and talking about. And it could have just been deals coming down to the last minute. Um, But I don't think at all it had anything to do with people outcrying. And um, I don't, I don't enjoy the people that, uh, complain about the not necessarily free games you get every month with deal with games with gold or playstation plus but recognizing that there's value in something that you may not have purchased yourself you could get some enjoyment out of and horizon chase turbo just as a personal note i love that game it is absolutely a blast if you like to outrun man horizon chase turbo is the jam dude it looks cool and i can't wait to play it for free or ish yep 
sort of. It's a perfect game for that. Yeah, ish. It's, it's that weird, <laughs> weird moniker there. But yeah, yeah no, I, it's a good game. To me, I just think this is a weird news story. It's cute. It's weird. Um, and yeah, for like a lot of people are going, well, I already bought Detroit. And like there was a little bit of out, uh, outrage because there was like an E3 sale that marked the game down to eight bucks. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just like, nobody's upset. Nobody's nobody's upset if you spent eight bucks on this. And and more to the point, if you already bought Detroit and you liked it, you should be happy that more people can enjoy something you liked because that only increases brand awareness for you to get more of that kind of product. That and it's the digital deluxe version, which means we're getting heavy rain. Oh, it's David you... Cage's game. David Cage. <laughs> he makes very fancy games. Is that yes. Bane? Is Bane? No, that was my Sean Connery, and then Bane showed up as well. Yes. Nobody cared who I was until I made Fahrenheit. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, son. Yes. Hey, son, what a lovely voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we're going to go off the rails if we're not beats. careful. Uh, yeah, no, but you're getting heavy rain, which is, I think we saw that on like a PlayStation Plus month. If someone let me know if I'm wrong here. But either way, dope. Can't wait. Cool. That That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I like it. And the next news story, I'll just, I'll do this one. This is a Flash story. Spider-Man PlayStation 4 gets two Spider-Man Far From Home crossover suits, and they're free. Where did I get this from? I don't know. It comes from Games Radar. And who's the author? Who's their author? Connor Sheridan. What up, Connor? There you go. There's a shout out. Uh, a pair of suits from Spider-Man Far From Home are now playable on the PlayStation 4 with the latest update from Insomniac's open world web slinger. The two suits let the iteration of Peter Parker cosplay as the MCU version of Peter Parker in his new and improved upgraded suit and cheeky extra sneaky suit. Um, cool. This is dope. I love, I love, love, love when I see Insomniac continuously support this game. The way they mm-hmm. have. I think it's awesome. I think this is excellent. Agreed. Awesome. Very much so. I actually I actually downloaded, not downloaded, it was already there. I actually played Spider-Man again just for these suits, just to go into photo mode. And oh my mm-hmm. god, dude. The upgraded suit is so dope. It's so is crazy it? cool. Yeah, it's oh god, that game's beautiful. And then lastly, we enter. Hey Luke, can you hold on to something real fast? Yeah, man. I got oh, my hold on to it right now. Are you? Like hold, like hold on tight though. Okay, you're bracing yourself. Prepare the drop. Each and every week, PlayStation drops the latest and greatest in all things video games. Every single Tuesday. Oh no, he let go. Luke's falling. <laughs> Audio <laughs> listeners, this is a terrible <laughs> fright sight to see. <laughs> but the fact is, there are too many awesome experiences so we have to narrow it down to one game each my pick this week is apex legends season two <laughs> it's awesome game's great right luke i love it mm-hmm. oh goodness yes support it uh kyle's pick was sea of solitude and the description is when humans get too lonely they turn into monsters Set sail across the beautiful and evolving world of darkness and light and discover what it means to be human. Embark on a nuanced and intimate action adventure where players guide Kay through her sea of solitude in this touching tale of darkness and light. Awesome. Cool. Dope. Um, This is from the lady, I think, two years ago, right? EA stage. She came out. She was so nervous, passionate about this game that looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. I'm on board. Kyle's on board. And with that, 
Uh, hold on. My my choice was Tour de France season 2019. <laughs> is that really a game? <laughs> that's a that's a game. Yes. I oh my god. Let me look drop. this up. I don't believe you. The drop. <laughs> we got a lot of anime <laughs> stuff. Brain Breaker. Final Fantasy. That's a Tour thing. de France. And I'm still trying to find Tour de France. It's oh, there. Stranger. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. That's. And who could forget Bora? Hey, he's looking at a whole bunch of names. He's looking, yeah, there's some very oddly titled things. You know what? Can I read uh, the description to this, Luke? I, I would love to hear it. All right. Let's hear it. Uh, the yellow jersey is yours. The official route of the 21 stages of the 2019 Tour de France has been reproduced down to the very last detail and will take you from Belgium and to the Champs Elise. Oh shit, that was French. You can also play online for the first time in history of the series, challenging up to three players in shorter, intense races. Champs Elise, I think is like Champs Elise. I think I'm getting it. I'm getting closer. Uh, you got me. I'm, got I'm either me. getting closer or I'm getting more offensive. Definitely more offensive. Perhaps closer too, but definitely more offensive. <laughs> Oh, Luke! It's been a pleasure having you here. Everybody, check out um, check out Tour de France 2019. Uh, I don't even know how much this game is, but you know what? It's worth it. <laughs> oh no! Before we, before I go out and steal Andrew House's mail and talk about all the memories that we've had over the last hundred episodes ish, kind of, sort of, not really of the trophy room. Luke, would you like to pitch your stuff before? I let you go. Oh, yes. Um, I'm a member of the Xbox Drive podcast that I do with my good friend Sean Capri. So you guys are welcome to check that that out. Uh, we are we release every Thursday very much uh, the way the Trophy Room does. And that's at the Xbox Drive on Twitter. Uh, and then, of course, your podcast services. And then you can find me on Twitter at MLS Reserves or streaming over on my Mixer channel at Mixer.com slash ghost, And you will find Mr. Babbitt there quite often as well. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much uh yeah no thank you so much luke for coming saving the show the way you have uh it means a lot to me now luke <clears throat> what i did uh, i didn't tell you beforehand is how i'm going to know to end the show right here is we're going to okay. do something the game informer show does and how they outro people are you ready three two one we're gonna clap our hands ready three two one because this is technically not kind of not really episode 100 of the Trophy Room, I said, hey, could you bring us your favorite memories or some questions you'd like to ask us on our 100th episode? And so Boho Tep writes in, like you can too, at PS Trophy Room on Twitter or the Casa de Bad Bit, or you can send it to Andrew House and I steal it. And he says the following. Well, sir, I've tagged along for about a year now and have enjoyed every bad bit of it. I got to say, I love the pun, dude. I love this man. I enjoy the personality of the hosts as well as the cast of guests' characters. Characters like Spider-Bit, Spooky-Bit, uh, the Toast Sandwich Western Guy-Bit. <laughs> and, of course, my, uh, my favorite... That's sadistic Mickey. At least someone does. Uh, kicking ass. Keep bringing the fun and positivity. Here's to 100 more episodes. Thank you, Boho. That means the world to me, man. It's it's amazing. Again, 
Thank Absolutely. you so freaking much. And this one, uh, Kyle? Yeah. Here's why I kind of hate you this week. Why? <sighs> the most famous Seamus is about to make me cry by writing in like you can too. I didn't have the strength. To, I, I read this and it's fucked with me all day because Do you want me I to, tear up to every read time. It? Nope, you're almost dead and I don't want you to die. <clears throat> so, with that, let me read. I don't know whether this would count as a trophy room moment, but my favorite moment is when you and I were a part of the special episode of the Warp Whistle podcast for November question mark 2018, the Nindies edition. Uh, and after talking with you, I decided to watch the trophy room podcast, which unfortunately was the one that happened after the shooting at the Madden tournament. But I listened to your reaction and speech you gave about all the mass shootings happening at that time, ending with you listing all the mass shootings that have happened at that time. And that told me and that told me what kind of man you are, Joe, a man who stands up for what's right, no matter how many assholes yell at about how wrong you are. I also mentioned the time I told you about the uh, mermaids fundraiser and your response to my question about the New Zealand shootings. You're not only a good man, Joe, <clears throat> uh, you're a great man with principle and integrity. And I thank you um, well for said, that. Mm, uh, well said, man. It's Yeah, I, I, I feel <sighs> the same way about Joe. Joe, you're incredible. Human being, I'm here because of you. And thank you. Listen, you can't add to the crowd. I know. Right I can't make my other eye puffy. I can't do it. Because <laughs> then you just go blind. And exactly. Then, like, like, you're just going to. Where am I? I on the Xbox know. Drive podcast? Where am I? Blah. Blah. <laughs> Why am I in my car? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Seamus. Yes. That means a lot. Again, when you're in the position, whatever size content creator you are, you have a responsibility to yourself. Um, you have a power, you have, you have influence, like you're a role model. And I know that like sounds crazy to some, but like in a week where we're arguing about people filming in a bathroom or how to treat people, whether they're media outlets or not with some type of respect, um, it's, it is important to say that if you are a content holder, you create content, whether it's podcasts, whether it's writing, whether it's video, you owe it to everyone when you see something, you say something. And thank you very much. You know, last month we did the, um, you know, shining a light on LGBTQ creators. And uh, Fiona, you know, Fiona asked, this is actually the next question out of the 100 episodes. What's your favorite? It's those two. Because it was a sense of giving back. Mm -hmm. And... uh it was awesome. It was awesome. And seeing how many people came up to me going, you know, I didn't understand uh, pansexuality, but now I do. I didn't understand, you know, transgender, but now I do. And, and, and their struggle. And even just thanking me for just having those, those people on to, to, to shine that spotlight was beautiful to see. So you have a responsibility, whether you like it or not, to be the best person you want to be so that people could have someone to look up to to say, I want to be like that person. Mm -hmm. You know, with that, Kyle, yeah. 
I got a question for you. Again, this comes from Fiona. Out of the 100 episodes, what was your favorite episode slash topic? Oh, man. That's a tough one. Um, I know. It, it, and honestly, it feels like we've been doing this for way longer than 100 episodes in air quotes. <laughs> um, so it's kind of all a blur. But I will say... When we when we did our game of the year show last year, mm-hmm. or yeah, game of the year show, um, that was awesome. Uh, that yeah. is something I've always wanted to do. Much like me being on a PlayStation podcast, I wanted to give a game game of the year, and I got to do that with you. And we gave it to God of War, which is well deserved. Um, that is one of my favorite episodes for sure. Um, yeah. I, I can't wait to yell at you about how Bloodborne is so bad. That might be my favorite episode soon. Uh, no, I'm bad, Kyle. I'm just kidding. Bad. I'm just kidding. Watch your fucking tone, Kyle. <laughs> I will say, maybe the- I'm the one getting you sick. Maybe you ever think about that. Maybe I'm sending those kids your way. I, honestly, as much as much shit. I'm sorry, Tim Olson. As much shit as I give you for your characters, those are some of my favorite moments. Because I, <laughs> I sit here and I'm in awe where you can pull off these voices. And I'm just sitting here like, I can't do that. I try. <laughs> like, I'm no joke, everybody who's listening to this or yeah. watching this. When Joe does a character, after we're done recording, I, I sit over here in my chair and I try to, that voice. I, it doesn't work. <laughs> it it doesn't never work. works. So I'll be, by God, my name is Cletus Jackson. And you can't do that, though? No? By oh, God, it's Cletus Jackson. No, see, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't you got it. it. You got it. You got it. Favorite moment right there. You guys caught it. <laughs> um, yeah, my favorite two episodes were definitely the ones we literally just did. Um, but there are moments uh, in the show where um, you walk away from an episode and you're just like, we got something. Yeah. And I think I could place the moment of, of Spider-Bit actually being the start of me letting go of being serious and just letting into the wacky nature. And that has been something that people look forward to somehow each and every week. And, um, and yeah, there, there are like moments like uh, the past few months where I'm just like, Oh, this feels good. We have something we have. Like, I feel like the momentum and um, that's, that's, that's what I've been loving lately is that feeling. With that, let's go into Blaze Knight's question. What are uh, what games from each iteration of PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, etc., would you buy at full price $60 if it were remade with modern graphics slash game design on the PlayStation 5? Similar to that of Final Fantasy uh, 7. Does it have to be a PlayStation exclusive? Kyle, yeah. what is your picks? Um, all right, so starting at PlayStation 1. Yes. Tony Hawk Pro Skater. <sighs> Remember uh, when they did that, though? Sometimes you don't want it. What no, you, you no. Like, with the, <laughs> the, the care and dedication that Final Fantasy VII is getting. That's where I'm, I'm going okay. with this. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. So Tony Hawk Pro Skater slash Star Ocean Second Story, because that's one of my favorite RPGs of all time. PS2. Uh... The one that got me started on PS2, uh, Grand Theft Auto 3. Fully remade. And, and Liberty Liberty uh, City. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, PS3, we, we kind of already are getting those. So yeah. it, it's kind of hard for me to pick one from the PS3 era. 
I know, I know one for you. One. you. Do you? I do. Okay. Resistance. Oh, fuck yes. Sorry, Tim Wolfson. <laughs> yeah, Resistance. For sure. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot about that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, uh, for me, uh, PlayStation 1 game that I would want that treatment, definitely Siphon Filter. Mm. Such a dope game, man. Give it to me. Put it in my veins. Yeah. Um, from the PlayStation 2 era. Now, here's the thing. The heart of hearts, I would like to say Ratchet and Clank, but we already got that on PlayStation 4 because as a kid, that was the game on PlayStation I really loved. I loved Ratchet and Clank, but second to that, it's a fight between Jack and Daxter. Mm. One through three. Yeah. I'm just it's like a collection. Yep. That's what we're doing. Uh or Time Splitters. Mm. Because that's another game I spent God knows how and just just thinking how in in, in a Overwatch world that would work. That would so work. And you know THQ's working on it. Yeah. So I would like to say in my heart of hearts, Jack and Daxer. That'd be cool. And maybe that is the game Blue Point's making after all. Oh, really? Because they say it's third person. Oh, dude. God, one would hope. Yeah. Oh, it could be. Dude, that's that's what I want. And then PlayStation 3. Here's a That's a harder one. Uh, because, yeah, I feel like we're getting all of those games already. But I would then say what I would like to see from the PlayStation 3. I'm going to take the easy one out, all right? I'm going to okay. say Demon Souls. Okay. Give me a Demon Souls. That's fair. With the Bloodborne mechanics I love. <laughs> that wasn't a, a pointed jab at me at all. No, um, no. Yeah, we're also looking for a new co-host. Anyway, Mr. Moody writes in. <laughs> also, I just thought of another one for PS3, Infamous. Oh. Give, give me Infamous oh, back. Shit. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Mr. Moody writes, uh, what games have been the hits and misses this year for you so far? What game has hit for you? What game has missed? I need to get the because I totally forgot what yeah. I played this year. Um, I I could tell you what has missed for me, and a lot of people are gonna gonna throw hate. I know my exactly way, what I'm, you're gonna say. I think too. What what? Are you gonna say Days Gone? No. Oh. I played a little game this week called Crash Team Racing. Oh, okay. After all the hype, they're like, guys, this is so great. Oh my god, Crash Team Racing. This is such a great game back in the PS One era. Oh my god, it's gonna dethrone Mario Kart. I played it. Okay. I played it. We can all end the conversations here. Uh-huh. For whoever's twist, twisted mind thought that this game's better than Mario Kart or even capable of Mario Kart, mm. you're out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> I hated it. I hated every single minute of it. And why? Because I'm an old man. I got old man fingers. And there's just way too much to the drifting mechanics. The, the, the AI in that game will kick my ass over and over again. That's been a big miss for me. Because it was a game I was legitimately looking forward to. And then when I played it, it was just not for me. That sucks. What's been a huge hit? I'm going to say two games right now. Ghost Giant PSVR Mm. and Blood and Truth PSVR. And honestly, if I have to say the big hit this year for me, PSVR. It's been so awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. That's that's my big hits. What are your hits and misses? I'm I'm trying to look through what came out this year because I've been playing catch up for most of it. Yeah. Um, Days Gone, it might be a miss for me, but I still have to go back yeah. and finish. 
Um, I, I wasn't as down on it as other people, but I still have. You're still down it. on it. So, like, yeah. what does that tell you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> tells me a lot, Kyle. Tells, me, tells me a lot. lot. Uh, I yeah. loved. I, I still love Vacation Simulator for sure. Um, Trover Saves the Universe was a, a hit for me. Um, so would you also say that you know what just like psvr yeah. overall has been honestly yeah it, it, it's yeah it's rightfully it's deserved. really hitting yeah yeah it's really hitting its stride yeah i love it with that adam watson right writes in <clears throat> this year i have a oh, sorry i gave gear-based shooters a chance and now they are some of my favorite they're one of my favorite genres what are types uh what I'm sorry. Are there? Let me just read this over because I'm <laughs> fucking up what Adam wrote. Why? Because I'm playing around with the screen like an idiot. This year, I gave gear-based shooters a chance, and now they are one of my favorite genres. Are there any types of games that you have given another try and found out that you loved? Kyle, what's a what's a genre? What's a genre, man? You were like, oh my god, I don't like this. Now I love it. This is this is kind of a cop out answer for me, but uh-huh. there are real there are no real games that I don't like playing. I, I like playing at almost all the j- different types of genres, yeah. but um, maybe the more like arcade shoot 'em up stuff, like the shmups, the shmups, as the kids call them. Uh, didn't play a lot of them as a kid, but. Um, especially with Housemark and Resogun PS4, yeah. that that ignited a fire in me. That I, I that game in particular, I love, and I will try pretty much any of that kind of genre now. Right. Yeah. For me, I say it all the time. Uh, it's my ride or die. We've mentioned it a lot already in the past fifteen minutes. It's a little game called Bloodborne. Okay, why? Not because it's just one of the just single-handedly one of the best crafted games but because back in the day i used to view dark souls demon souls as these games are too hard they're way too hard i can't i can't even once i played bloodborne it clicked with me in such a way that i started playing games outside my genre because it was just it, it was just like hey i didn't think i'd like bloodborne ended up being one of my favorite games of all time right like i would then go off and play games like the witcher and yeah, like RPGs of that nature aren't my thing. Yeah. Like I'm trying Persona out for the first time. Devil May Cry 5. Holy crap. The hack and slash type of games I suck at. But I'll play them mm-hmm. because I want to give them a chance. So that really opened my eyes to many genres that I ended up falling in love with. So yeah, Adam Watson, great freaking question, my man. With that, our last question comes from Nathan. And he writes, while looking at the uh, episode 100, let's predict into the future and talk and talk, uh, sorry, and predict the stories for episode 200 and 300 that you'll be covering. Sure. All right, Kyle. Yeah. We have to peer into not just this year, right? Not just next year, but the year after that. Sure. So you're figuring we are in, we are in the first year of the PlayStation 5. Like the first year went, or now we're entering year two. No, yeah, yeah, we're in year one. Mm-hmm. So, no, year two. I don't know. <laughs> Dyslexic. That's that's. You just saw my brain try to do math. Yeah. What story are we 
covering? This is a great question. I love this one. Man. Um, so, yeah, like you said, gear two of PS5. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what what IP will come back? Uh, you know what? Not, not IP. What story? No, what story that's will what I mean. Like, oh, I okay. Of, you're... Like, what, game, what PlayStation game franchise is coming back? And, and you know what? I'm going to say it right now. It's uh, it's Nathan Drake's daughter. She's in her own Uncharted game, um, and we're gonna be talking about that. And and, and yeah, as far as like episode three hundred, I mentioned it earlier yeah. in the show. It's the holograms. We're gonna be playing games <laughs> with holograms. You know what, dude? I'm on board with the holograms. I am so pro holograms. Yeah, we're gonna be like episode three hundred. Hey, remember when we thought streaming was the future? Exactly. Actually, holograms. <laughs> <laughs> you can make people out of fucking thin air. Yeah. Episode 200 for me, I would like to say we have finally bridged the divide between crossplay mm-hmm. and now all games have crossplay functionality. That'd be and dope. that's what we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about the 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 old times, the dark era where we were, you know, we had to exclusively love PlayStation and nothing more. Yeah. We couldn't play with our Xbox friends just because they chose the wrong console, you know? Bad. That's what I'd like to be talking yeah. about. Uh, what game I would be talking about in episode 200? Probably how much I'm loving Spider-Man 2 Ooh. on PlayStation 4. I almost said Horizon Zero Dawn 2. That's definitely one too. Yeah. Yeah. God, I can't... See, the one thing when it comes to like the PlayStation 5 talk that I can't wait is when we get to next year's E3. Oh, yeah. What, what oh, like yeah. the launch games we'll be predicting, Absolute. you know? Oh, my God. I'm getting the hashtag rumored leaked yeah. shocked face. You're not going to believe what's coming out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Uh, yeah. And maybe even we're talking about like last of us three. No, in, in oh. a year, like, like we're thinking two years from now, we're talking about Kojima's next sequel to death stranding. It's, it's like life stranding. Because it's a strand game. He's made his own genre and it has mm. peaked. <laughs> Everybody's doing it now. Ubisoft has its own stranding game. Oh, no. You know? Oh, it's no. called Rayman Stranding. <laughs> Rayman's just in yeah. that little that pod of the, in the fluid. He's just floating around in there. It's a little rabbit. It's just like... Yeah. <laughs> give it a little thumbs up. <laughs> I'm a fucking dick. Uh, yeah. But I'm also thinking Rayman because he doesn't have like limbs he just has floaty bits oh yeah so like mm-hmm. they're like he's getting marty mcfly from back to the future one like he's looking at a photo <laughs> and like his hands is going invisible you know oh jeez, that'd be great Can we get back to the future game that's what we're talking about in episode 300 we're talking about a, a back to the future game role playing you get to be marty's son question mark and you're an asshole <laughs> See, when, no, there's two options: good guy and an asshole. When when you said Back to the Future game, yeah, I I thought of a game where like you have to beat it within a certain time, or a game vanishes from your PlayStation. Oh my god, that's awful! I know that's what popped and in my like head. It's like ironically PT again. <laughs> Absolutely, Fuck Konami. Absolutely, Fuck Konami. With that, Kyle, yeah. that has been episode 100 of the Trophy Room. Again, we have our special episode coming out bad big games on july 12th if you haven't uh or, or if it's already past the 12th well guess what you could go on youtube.com slash bad big games it's there for your viewing pleasure but if you're you know just free available eight o'clock pt est time 
go on, drop by into the chat. We're doing this to fundraise for our good friend, Katie Berto. She is going to undergo surgery to prevent cancer, and we're trying to raise money for that. So if you guys could, we have a giveaway for mm -hmm. this dope-ass PlayStation yeah. mug. We already have a few entries. Uh, every $5 we raise or you put in uh, goes to a ticket to get one of these dope-ass trophy mugs. So, yeah. Uh, again, July 12th, be there, be square. With that, Kyle, what would you like to plug? Uh, well, you could find me at the walk-in clinic from... No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> you could uh, find me on Twitter at WhoDatNinja73 um, and on PSN, same thing. My show all about the kind of funny community, Best Friends Talk Funny, on Twitter at BFS Talk Funny, and wherever you listen to podcast services. Um, and then uh, the kind of NYC podcast, Dollar Slice, is at Dollar Slice Pod on Twitter. And you can find me at Bad Bit Games, where we talk about all things PlayStation and games. You can find this show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podbean, wherever there's an RSS feed service. You can find the show here. Please rate us five stars. It really helps. And everyone, thank you so very much for supporting this show technically for 100 episodes. It means a whole lot to me and Kyle, and we wouldn't be here without you. So with all that said, with all that out of the way, everybody keep playing, sorry, keep hunting, and keep playing PlayStation.